This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, January 6, 2010. I'm Caleb Brown. The big bowl games will be televised, and because taxpayers like you are subsidizing most of them, you should make sure and watch them. That according to Neil McCluskey, Associate Director of the Cato Institute Center for Educational Freedom. Everybody should watch the National College Football Championship because whether you're interested or not, you are paying for it. What are the most egregious cases of bowl games being subsidized? Well, there are numerous bowl games that are subsidized directly. Uh, Maybe one of the best-known ones and most expensive is the Sugar Bowl, which is held in New Orleans and has gotten millions and millions of dollars over the years in subsidies to keep it in New Orleans. Uh, But many cities provide either direct subsidies or various incentives to the bowls and the corporations that run them to keep them in their cities. And that's really the most direct way in which people are paying for bowl games is either through tax breaks for these bowls, direct subsidies to the bowls, subsidies that go to maintain uh, or to improve stadiums for the bowls. These are all coming from taxpayers who may have zero interest in college football, might even find it boring. It doesn't matter. They are going to be paying for these bowls, whether they like it or not. What are some of the requirements that universities have when it comes to participating in bowl games? At the minimum, payout is $750,000 to the university for participating in a bowl game. But what are universities on the hook for when they when they go? Now, now we get to start to really peel the onion to see what really goes into college football. And the idea, what we're told very often by defenders of specifically, often the biggest programs, is that these are big money makers. And one of the things they talk about is, well, look at the poll, the payout that comes from making a bowl. The minimum, and when we talk about the minimum, we're talking about some of the lower tier bowls that people you know, don't pay a lot of attention to, the International Bowl, the GMAC Bowl, things like that. Well, they say each school gets at least $750,000 to participate, which is true, except there are huge expenses that schools incur to do this. So you're talking about travel and lodging for teams, and that's often for several days because there's a lot of hoopla that surrounds bowls. You're talking about bands, often very big bands, maybe hundreds of members that you're paying for lodging. Then schools are throwing parties for bigwigs of the school, or if it's a public school, often for big state politicians who come in and they want to celebrate this bowl. And by the time you're done... Oh, and there's one other thing. Schools also have to buy often thousands and thousands of tickets that if it's especially a small bowl, they very rarely sell in enough quantity to make their money back. So when you add all that together, this is often a huge loss for schools. And while the loss is usually more often in the smaller, lower tier bowls, even the biggest name programs and the biggest bowls often lose money. And they lose money because when you're a big name program, a big name bowl, you got to do big name partying, bigger bands, bigger parties, bigger everything. What is the interaction between Uh, the very fungible checks that are written to schools from politicians in state capitals uh, and the ability to spend that kind of money on uh, football programs. Well, there's, I mean, it gets very murky, this connection between public college university football teams or basketball, big-time sports, and politicians. Very often, 
one of the ways that schools curry favor with politicians is they bring them to the skybox for the president of the university, and they, they wine them and dine them at games and things like that. And then oftentimes, states, sometimes directly, will pay subsidies to maybe not the football program, but often the athletic programs, and they'll deliver subsidies for the infrastructure for football. So uh, legislators in the state of New Jersey have provided millions of dollars directly to subsidize the, the uh, stadium for Rutgers University football and the operation of the stadium. In Connecticut, state politicians paid to build their 40-some-thousand-seat stadium. The same holds true in Minnesota, where they just opened a new stadium. So there's, you know, it's hard to pin down to say necessarily that because you got in the skybox, you voted for legislation to give more money to the football program. But it's also hard to believe that doesn't take place. And we know that big-time college football has pretty strong connections to politicians who love to watch it, love to participate, love to to rally around it, and often love to send money to the school and to the football program. So all these things with, with the bowl games and the direct subsidies and things like that, these are the most obvious, uh, apparent ways that taxpayers are paying for college football. But probably the biggest revenue generator for college football and college basketball, these are the revenue generating sports for college and universities, are people who want to buy season tickets, they're not just paying for the tickets. Almost in, in almost every case where there's a major program, they're also required to make a quote-unquote gift, and the gift is larger, the better the seats. And these are huge revenue generators. And the thing about them is they are 80% tax deductible. So you make this big gift, and you get a tax deduction because it's supposedly for a nonprofit educational institution, and this money all goes to the football program. And this hurts regular taxpayers because then they are picking up the government bill, the tax bill, for all those services that these big donors, big fans aren't paying for because they're getting a deduction for giving money to a football or a basketball program. And that's really the most pervasive but the least obvious subsidy that there is for college sports. And it's huge. And taxpayers are the ones who are really bearing the burden for college sports. Neil McCluskey is associate director of the Cato Institute Center for Educational Freedom and author of the book Feds in the Classroom. You can order your copy at cato.org.